0: Hello, Pod listeners. Firstly, sorry this le- episode is late. Sanya managed to get COVID for the second time.
1: Yes, seconds please.
0: I have somehow managed to avoid it. Uh, now let's get the other elephant out of the room. Is that what they do? They don't usher the elephant out, they address the elephant, don't we they? We
1: address the elephant in the room. How
0: do you address it? Hello, it- Mr. Elephant.
1: Hi, Dumbo.
0: Fant- Who are calling Dumbo? Whack with the trump. Fantas, that's trunk. a good name. We're just rambling on.
1: Tra- we're trying to avoid this <laughs> subject.
0: Yeah, we're not going to Poland. We were meant to be oh, wah, going
1: wah, wah, wah. to the to the
0: Poland Meridian weekend. Um, we only
1: discovered this yesterday afternoon after already recording this podcast, as if we were going to Poland.
0: Yes, so this is a new intro. The rest of the episode will be pretty much the same. We're we'll probably recording new outro where we were going. Yeah, woo, we're off to the Meridian weekend in Poland. and We can't wait. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're not going. Why are we not going? I don't know if we're I big can, dummies. we're big dummies. I don't even know if I can bring myself to tell you. I did, those of you who are patrons, <laughs> uh, those of you who are patrons, y- you know why. That's all I'll say. That that might encourage some of you to go and sign up to our patron. <laughs> www.patreon, www.patreon.com. What I will also say is there's a bonus episode up there as well. Or about to go up. Yes, which uh,
1: we've recorded as if we're going to Poland.
0: But it's an exciting bonus episode because we're talking about the leaked set list from this year's Meridian Weekends.
1: Leaked by none other than the band members themselves.
0: (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Namely Steve Hogarth (laughs) and Pete Trousers. So well done them. I'm sure Lucy was spitting feathers. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so we're going to talk about those. Um, So if you don't want to know what the set list... Probably are for this year's Meridian weekend. Unless they were
1: trolling everyone, and they're going to be completely different. I don't
0: think so. Yeah. So if you don't want to know, don't go and listen to our bonus episode this week. We are hopefully going to be at the UK.
1: Fingers crossed. But everything is up. You know, I'm not. There are no definite or certainties in life anymore.
0: No, <laughs>
1: so, so everything is we're hopefully going to be at the marillion uk weekend yeah. if the stars align if i can and the gods if, well, smile upon us
0: i'll tell you it, it's if having looked at hotel room costs oh, it's God. if we can afford a hotel sleep at the, in the moment car. yeah i know or we might be sharing a bed with our mates yeah uh,
1: <laughs> we'll sleep on their floor
0: yeah the thing is they'd let us we've
1: got an air mattress yeah we'd bring that into a hotel
0: anyway so we hopefully we'll see some of you in Leicester next month um where the first thing I'll be doing is having a a A drink drink (laughs) big big drink (laughs) uh anyway so that's our sob story uh let's just crack on with the rest of side one of marbles apologies i ballsed up what, what got you the mean? track listing wrong <gasps> fantastic place should have come before the only unforgivable thing the really? reason why yes the reason why we messed up is because for some reason apple and spotify have the track listing wrong oh uh, no
1: you're yeah. joking but that's how i've been listening to it and it I prefer the way I've listened to it because as you'll see, my interpretation of the story uh. I prefer Fantastic Place being after the only unforgivable. Well there we
0: thing. go. This is this is our episode that we are gonna do one day talking about alternate track listings, aren't we? I can't Where, believe that. Yeah. It, they don't No. And I no I, I, I realised when I was editing, I thought this doesn't seem right. I'm mm. sure "Fantastic Place" came early because I've talked about how I remember that moment I first listened to it, and I knew it was earlier in the album. Mm. And it didn't. And I was saying, "This doesn't sound right." And then I looked on uh, <laughs> Apple Music and Spotify, and of course, the album's gone from there. For the moment, no <laughs> one seems to know why. But then is it I looked.
1: Yeah, it's not back yet. I is don't it? think so. No, I checked.
0: Well, am not of as, days ago, as but not as of recording this. But as then as I looked on the official track listing, and yeah, we had it wrong. And they had no it wrong. Way, Weird, isn't Jose. it? Anyway, so we're going to carry on. But I think, as Stephen Wicks, one of our listeners, uh, author of the very funny Mockillian Facebook page, said, it kind of worked because Only Unforgivable Thing and Genie are sort of thematically linked. Yes. And I think Fantastic Place and Only Unforgivable Thing have a, yeah. certain, fan- um, a certain sort of thematic Connection. resonance. Yeah. Um thematic resonance get a load of me on a monday morning.
1: I know, well done. Yeah.
0: So um so we're going to crack on with fantastic place. Um what do we talk about first? The music.
1: We usually do, yes Paul. This, <laughs> After what episode is this number? I don't know. 76, 56?
0: 75, 74. I don't know where we're at.
1: Usually we talk about I know it takes us a long time to get to an album in between albums. <laughs> <laughs> but usually we usually talk oh, about the music know. first.
0: So um this was for me the the highlight the first time I listened to it, the first few times I listened to it, because some of the rest of the album's a bit more complex. Mm. The second I heard this, I went, oh yeah, oh, oh yeah, right. yeah, yeah, we now have a song kind of to rival Afraid of Sunlight. And I think for me, that's it. I always kind of lump it a, alongside Afraid of Sunlight, and it's got that kind of slow yeah. start and that big build, and it's yeah. sort of very, it's got a for me, it's a very euphoric song. I mean, they're about very different things, but...
1: I can see what you mean. Actually, now that you say it, I can see how Afraid of Sunlight and "and uh, Fantastic Place could fit into the same pocket.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah,
1: for sure. Yeah.
0: I've always thought that, and I always thought, oh, you know, uh, have they tried to sort of redo Afraid of Sunlight? Are they trying to recapture that? However... Apparently, this was a really difficult song for them to get right. Oh, uh, I've got, thanks to our friend Simon Thompson, who gave me all his old web magazines, there's a great interview, three-part interview with Dave Meek and conducted by Andy Rotherham of The Web, where he talks about the making of the album. Mm-hmm. I'll just read out what he said. He said Fantastic Place was a really difficult one. It was hard for Steve Rothery. So this is one of those tracks that Rother's struggled with. Right. He said it was hard for Steve Rothery to just settle back on something that's inherently quite simplistic, but lyrically quite the opposite, because we all have a fantastic place in our heads where we go when things are difficult. It's a very important thing to get across. Steve had tried the lyrics over a lot of ideas, but this was by far the most natural home, and it was going to evolve into a place that I knew was not necessarily going to be the happiest place for some members of the band. Because of the simplicity of the chords, it can be very easy to do very traditional things over, like the guitar solo. It would be very easy to do a very musical solo, but I was thinking, no, it has to be an emotional solo. So pushing Steve R into doing things like that. All the guitars on it, you're trying to get an emotion across, not how good or bad the music is. To start with, it's always a struggle, all of them. Ironically, there's just the lyrics.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Even Mark found it hard on Fantastic Place. He oh, liked the fact wow. of trying to drag some old elements into it. He was quite happy as long as he was in that land. But it was all about how it starts. Steve lonely on a piano. That's the what the whole thing is about, really.
1: Mm, interesting. And
0: apparently, that that no, so opening this, this might be...
1: pushed them out of their comfort zone.
0: Yeah, I know. For a song that sounds, okay, we're in traditional sort of Merillian pop ballad territory. Mm. For this to be the song that they kind of go, we are... It sounds, to me, Fantastic Place sounds so Merillion-y. Yeah,
1: That's exactly. what I don't get. What <laughs> I mean, was it about like, it that 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 pushed them so far out of their I comfort I don't
0: get zone? it. But, yeah, of all the songs on that album, that's the one.
1: Bizarre. It's
0: really have, have odd. Have
1: they ever spoken about it?
0: Yeah, and I think um, I, I've got another interview somewhere. I've got them all scattered around because I'm sort of trying to, set up for somewhere else at the moment i believe certain members of the band for a long time were very down on the song and kind of didn't want to play it live. <laughs> and is that because it was so sim- simple the, or they remembered the making of it as difficult this apparently oh. happens quite often with yeah. marillion the tougher it is during the writing they often think oh that's not no good or mm. they it colors their opinion of the song right.
1: Well, which um, makes sense because if you have a bad experience making something, it's not exactly a joy to relive that every time you play it. Is no, it? well, yeah, think about it. There's
0: certain TV shows that I've worked on that you're like, yeah. oh, we should sit down and watch that, and I'm and like, like no,
1: nope. nope. <laughs> and watch that by yourself. Yeah. And I watch it, and I'm like, it's really good. And he's like, mm-hmm, thanks for letting me know. Yeah. I'm not watching it.
0: Yeah, uh, but um, but yeah, it re- just really surprises me that it is that song of all the songs on that album Mm. the the song that seems so close to what i would sort of say is their, i would have thought is their comfort zone but clearly isn't yeah because they do that sort of song so well
1: so what i'm wondering is is it because they struggle with the simplicity and want to Naturally, their, their natural inclination is to overcomplicate it. So when they listen to it, it brings up like, Oh, I wish I could have added this and that and this. That's pack. the
0: sense I get from what he said, what Megan said about Rothers, that is that Rothers prefers, or at least in terms of sort of the writing and recording, tries to approach things from a more technical angle. If you give him the space to overthink things, mm. he will kind of polish them to the point of scrubbing all the emotion out of them.
1: Yeah. He kind of, it, it's interesting because when we were watching the live um, for the lightsavers,
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. The yeah, live
1: um, playthrough of the album. And I could see it in action on Rother's yeah. face. He's like a scientist or something, like a surgeon working mm. on a, a patient. Like, he's just so zoned in. You can
0: see the cogs whirring. You can in see his, the cogs yeah. whirring.
1: Like, he's, like, fully, like, zoned in. And it was kind of completely opposite to what you see when he's on stage, feeling the emotions and expressing the emotions. It was like, he wasn't at that point yet. He was still at the point where he was like working it all out and like yeah, fully yeah. in mechanic mode.
0: There's a, there's a really interesting- Or scientist uh, mode. Ian Mosley shared something on Facebook, I think it was last year, year before, of what he has to listen to on, on stage is what's in oh, his headphones. Right. And it's like, that would just drive me mad. And what this, is it? This click track. Oh, he, so he, he stays in time. Um, oh. That he has to in each song, that click track has to be programmed for.
1: So, can he hear the rest of the music as well?
0: There's they've all they have all got different things in their their headphones. Mm. So, don't quote me on any of this. But for instance, like you know, Pete and Ian will hear each other higher in the mix than you know because they've got the same time or, yeah with each other. Yeah, it's fascinating. Oh. I find it really, really interesting that they all have different things in their in-ear monitors.
1: Yeah, wow. And they don't find it distracting.
0: But I guess they've been doing I it guess so they, long. Yeah,
1: <laughs> you know, yeah They, they but, obviously have it because they find it beneficial, not distracting.
0: But it, what I find really amazing is that any of them can display any degree of emotion or mm, performance yeah. when they're having to kind of do that sort of technical thing. Live.
1: And keep it all in their head and for so many songs. It's like, how many songs must be layered in their brains?
0: Well, we're back to Meridian Weekend territory where they've got seven hours of music to remember. Yeah, Yeah, I just don't... Even just the words that H has to remember for that. And to then on top of that, layer on a performance.
1: I know. It's crazy. And
0: they normally kind of...
1: No wonder they've been um, rehearsing for, what? what is it, 44 weeks or something? <laughs> no, no, six weeks, I think six he said. Six
0: weeks. <laughs> it was like a month and then they were, I don't know, yeah, they had like two weeks to go or something, was some, someone said. But, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, you know, you often see live, like, H will take out his in-ear monitors yes. to listen to the crowd and yeah. kind of feel it a bit more.
1: I was wondering what... What well, it's like when the in ear monitors are in? Like, how much can you hear? What can mm. you hear? Yeah, I'd find it so distracting to hear my own voice. So well, I don't want to. hear I that.
0: don't know. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe that's what we're talking about. Maybe his his voice is down in the mix, and what he's hearing is individual instruments, oh, and he's maybe. just singing along.
1: That's a question to ask if yeah. Ever get around what to do you hear? Interviewing him.
0: Anyway, Batch a fantastic place. Yes. Great name for a fish and chip shop. Ha ah. ha ha. Along with men, I make cod.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or the Marillion fish and chip uh what's that called oh the Marillion fish and chip franchise
0: yes let's not get sucked into puns yeah let's because not. do you remember that you know fish episode
1: do i ever yeah it was brilliant
0: it was one of our best but god <laughs>
1: people loved it
0: yeah not everyone felt the same way we did <laughs> shall we say where we just were doing fish puns back to the song such I just—I just love it. It's—it's it's like mm. this as a song for me. It's like—it's just oh, it's so lush. Mm. It's so lush. The production on it is just—it's like I don't know, sort of falling into a marshmallow ball pit. So I remember at the time was a few people complaining about H mumbling.
1: Oh, what, really? Uh, on, on the
0: forums. Oh, he mumbles too much. Like, you know. <laughs> I downtown. love, I've written
1: about that actually. But yeah, me too. It.
0: That apparently was possibly, Megan can't quite remember. But he says in this interview how it may be the first time he sang those words with that piece of music that they they didn't, you oh, know, I they didn't really record it. Because he said, he said, and I'll, I'll read another quote from him.
1: Oh, that's interesting.
0: He says, H apparently said to Dave Megan, I want, I want this song to sound like it hasn't been written, word-wise. It's just you saying how you feel at a particular time and letting other people be in the room with you while it's coming together so it comes across as totally honest. That's why sometimes vocal approaches on this album appear as almost naked or totally honest, like you've been let in when you shouldn't have. It's important for people to believe the honesty while it's being sung. It was something I felt very strongly about. If you got how it started wrong, the rest of it could easily become cheesy. But when it starts with the right emotion, then it doesn't. This is why,
1: re- and it really works. I think for when me, it, it really starts. works. It
0: also gives the song somewhere to go. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's oh, it's classic Meridian dinosaur scale thing: Start small, get big in the middle, go small again at the end. But it, it that it takes you on more of a journey. Mm. But the intimacy of that start with that lovely reverby guitar. That, mm. that, that's over the top of it and just, just H right up close in your ears.
1: Yeah. I
0: get, you know, I get what he's saying. It's why it, it frustrates me then when yeah, you, know, you, you know it did at the time, like when Twats come in and go, Well he's mumbling. Why is he why is he mumbling? Well, it's why is an he artistic singing? Choice yeah, why isn't he why is he singing properly? It
1: fits the theme of the song so well.
0: Yeah, it does. And it's like with apparently it, as well Megan says in the same interview with with Invisible Man that that sort of got to the, the heart of the album, that this was someone who kind of was being kind of naked and open and raw and sort of saying, this is what you're going to get. Yeah. You can see through clearly at what he's trying to sort of say.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I reckon it, it feels like his mumbly, his mumbly singing adds to like the introspective feeling of the song. So he's so, it's like he's so busy looking inward that he forgets to enunciate his words. because mm. He's so focused internally. That's, that's what I feel he's expressing with the mumbly start of the song. And then as the music builds in power and as he, it seems to echo his growing confidence in allowing himself to feel what he's feeling. So I think like the mumbling kind of also mirrors perhaps where he is emotionally in the song. And then as the song goes on and his his ability to be to feel uh, like, to be congruent with what he's feeling and to allow himself to feel what he's feeling and be more confident in himself grows with the confidence in his voice yeah so i really feel like the mumbling serves a purpose it's not just like oh he's mumbling cuz he can't be bothered it's like the mumbling is expressing the feeling of the song it's it's continuing the theme of the song it's it's mirroring is mirroring his place where he's at in the lyrics
0: yeah but i get what megan says as well that the the music in it is mirroring the emotion yes and the and way the-, the song builds that the guitar that comes in and that the, the lovely keyboard that line
1: the
0: you know the, the, it all of it is just i don't know it's, it's been sort of hairs down the back of the neck territory and it's a song that Is amazing live, yeah,
1: because it's
0: got that thing of. It's beautiful. It's like similar territory to the song "Beautiful," which is beautiful as I like as a song. But live, I love it more. "Man of a Thousand Faces" is another one. Mm -hmm. Certain songs that just take on a power live, Mm. and I don't know if that's because they live, they can be even more sort of in the moment and it's, it's less about sort of having to polish it. Mm, it's really a yeah, song that, that benefits from, from a certain rawness.
1: Yeah, that's true. And I think also like if we remember, oh, actually, this was an interesting thing that stood out to me from H's Patreon uh, Q&A when he said he likes the music that he likes to listen to. He likes music that tells a story. Right, more. Cause I think someone asked him, do you listen to rap or something? I can't remember. Mm. I might be making this up. Um,
0: no, yeah. there was a quote. Oh, there was. Okay, it, yeah. few.
1: <laughs> few, because I thought I was just inventing that. Um, and he was like, I prefer when a music can paint a picture in my head, when it can tell a story. And that is really what, not just, I mean, H particularly through his lyrics, but Marillion's music as well, when they're at their best, that's what they're doing. They're always painting a picture.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So if there's an element in a song that you think, well, why have they done that? Like, why, is, why are they mumbling? Why is there a mistake or whatever? If you can hear it, I don't pick up on the mistakes, but some people might. Um, you know, generally it's there. And it sounds like Dave Megan was really aligned with them in, in this storytelling aspect. If it's in there, it's for a reason and it's part of the story.
0: Well, he, I think saw it as the story was H's life and that was the story he wanted to tell mm-hmm. and it was time you know it was overdue I think in Megan's mind for H mm-hmm. to kind of put himself front and center in in terms of this is my life right. here I am going kind to of portray it yeah and I think in order to tell a story effectively you have to know what the protagonist is feeling yes y- yeah and they're, yeah they're, uh- otherwise
1: it's just like a boring shopping list.
0: Yeah, you can describe how someone's feeling, but if you can make the audience feel it, Mm. that's what I try and do in my job.
1: Show, don't tell, that sort of principle.
0: Yeah, but it goes beyond that. Um, There are ways of sort of, you you know, and in in filmmaking, for instance, it's, it's every department contributes to that. It's mm. not just the writer oh, or, yeah. or whatever. You know, it's the lighting, it's the music. It's, it's yeah. you know, in the same applies. It's the same here yeah. though,
1: isn't it? It's like every musician in the band is contributing to expressing the feeling.
0: Yeah. It's and totally, telling the story to And it's us. their most cinematic album, I think. More so even than than Brave, for me. Really? Yeah.
1: Hmm.
0: And more and so than Misplaced Child. Because if there's something... Because of a song like Fantastic Place, because of that lushness, I don't know, somehow it's so beautifully produced Mm. as a song and so beautifully structured and it so takes you on a journey.
1: Mm. I mean, I can't, I'm not going to compare it to the other two in like, oh, this one's more cinematic, that one's not, because I feel like they're all their own countries. So there's not, it's like, comparing an orange to a cereal bar like they're completely different <laughs> <laughs> why is that funny i don't know
0: i wasn't expecting you to expect?
1: uh, <laughs> well, say an, I an orange s-
0: to a banana yeah but
1: they're both fruits so i wanted something completely different okay. like an orange to a brick there you go all right. um like something completely different yeah. um yeah so yeah, there you go.
0: go all right well should we get on to what it's about
1: all right, well, I'll give you my best guess, which is which is all I can ever give you. Mm-hmm. It starts with what to me sounds like quite a bitter goodbye, where H seems to be in quite a beaten down place, which makes sense. This is why I said I love having this come after the un- only unforgivable thing, because Starting with being in that beaten down place already makes perfect sense after the only unforgivable thing
0: what what I will say about that opening mm. first the it's always a struggle to let somebody go it's a natural desire to own your lover I know that really gets to one of our favorite h themes the whole one in escape he sounds trapped yeah. yeah screw a man down until he takes to drinking
1: he'll give you all of his money you still won't know what he's thinking. He's not. It's like, yeah.
0: He's not sharing who he is. No. With whoever he's with.
1: No. Yeah, I think it says so much about the connection between the feeling of hurt and lack of communication. Mm. It's like his lyrics so clearly depict someone who has been so hurt and beaten down that they've completely walled themselves off. So they're physically there. Again, going back to themes in Invisible Man or Hollow Man, they're physically there. He's physically there, but his heart isn't. And then the song morphs into something completely different. So it takes you from this walled off, trapped, hurt, bitter goodbye perhaps place into a, a sublime place of freedom and comfort and magic and upliftment. So when he sings, take me to the island. I'll watch the rain over your shoulder. Like to me, that speaks of such deep intimacy and connection where he's able to just be with someone without words, sharing a special moment. He's, he's standing behind them, looking out in the same direction as them, which is so symbolic so we've gone from – we're no longer at that walled-off place. We're no longer at that place where we were at the end of unforg- Unforgivable Thing where it was like I did, you did, kind of looking across at someone, finger-pointing the blame and shame. But now he's in a place where they're looking out at the world together, looking out – like, symbolically, it's saying they're on the same side. They're looking out in the same direction together. And then he says, put your arms around my soul and take it dancing. And it's like, oh, I mean, I was gonna say I want that on a t-shirt. I think I do have it on a t-shirt. So <laughs> I want to say I want that on a t-shirt that fits me. <laughs> Cause that one doesn't anymore. Um, so I don't know the exact details of what he's writing about but it sounds like this song represents a turning point where he stops punishing himself for past mistakes mm. and allows himself once again to experience love and connection and whether this is with the same person or with someone new and at first i started thinking as we, it was with someone new but as i looked at the lyrics i thought it might actually be the same person i he's, agree he's yeah i originally thought this is with. this
0: a song about adultery you know, because yeah, of the line that's
1: what I thought at first
0: Because of the line, the moment outside of real life Yeah And he, yeah, that feels like a really key line Because there's that moment where he sings real life I'm not going to do it I'm <laughs> no, not going not to attempt to quite
1: like that, <laughs> Um
0: But oh then, God. but then he sings um, <laughs> Yes, 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 yes uh, so you understand me, and I believe myself completely. Mm-hmm. Forgive me if I stare, but I can see the island behind your tired, exactly. troubled eyes. And, and that comes back. It feels in Neverland yeah. where it's like Wendy Darling in the kitchen. Uh, it, it feels he's singing about his his wife. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, and and wanting. Oh, it feels here. This is a song about real life has got in the way of their relationship. Yes, that's yeah. what it feels like. I mean, sorry, H.
1: It might not lifting. be true. We yeah, we're, we're just speculating. Re- this might be about someone else. Yeah. He might be ra- writing about someone else that he knows. But yeah, it seems like he's um, he's either talking to someone who has been through the ringer with him, or a new person who's been through their own fair share of battles. But with the I can see the island behind your tired, troubled eyes. That for me, and it th- sounds yeah. like someone who's been through the ringer with him.
0: And then though take me to the island, I'll tell you all I never told you. Oh, yes. The boy I, I never know. showed you. Yeah. What this feels like, it, more than I gave in my life, take me by the hand, you'll either kill me or you save me. Yeah. Take Th- me to the island, show me what might be real life. Yeah. Now, what this feels to me is that in this relationship he's singing about, he hasn't been able to be who he is, perhaps outside of that relationship, but yes. he still yearns to be that in the relationship. Mm. He wants to be able to be that open and free and and raw and real yeah. in the relationship he is in. Yes. But something yeah. has got in the way. That that it's incredibly sad.
1: Yeah. I mean, it definitely sounds, that last verse definitely makes it sound like it's a song about rekindling a relationship that's been through a very rocky path.
0: I don't know if it is about rekindling. I think it's about wanting to rekindle. Oh, really? It's take me to the fantastic place, not we are in the fantastic place. Oh, or it's oh, not, you took me. That's why I think it's a sad okay. song. Okay.
1: Ah, interesting.
0: It's, it's. I'll watch the rain over your shoulder, blah, blah, blah. Say you understand me, and I will leave oh, myself Oh, So completely. it's like what he's saying. Look say at that. Say you, you understand me. He doesn't feel understood.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is, okay. So this is what I've said after I was like, okay, it might be about someone he's with or a new person, but I'm leaning more towards it's about someone he's with. He really makes it seem like his spirit and his heart is so battered and so parched, which is completely understandable after the emotional desert he's been travelling through in The Only Unforgivable Thing, um, that all it takes is the smallest sliver of compassion and empathy. That's all he's asking for, the smallest sliver of compassion and empathy for someone to say that they understand him and he will give himself to them completely, completely. Yeah. It's saying like he is now finally allowing himself to feel loved again, to experience something nice again, to move from the place he was in the first verse where he says, he'll give you all of his money and you still won't know where he's thinking. And he's ready now with just that like tiny sliver of empathy and compassion and love and understanding. He's ready to not only tell you what he's thinking about, but give you his whole life and show you everything that he hasn't shown you about himself mm. before and bear his soul, be completely honest. And he's just, yeah, he's really yearning for connection.
0: That's what it feels like. Really, and-
1: really thir- thirsty sounds wrong, parched. He's so parched for that sense of connection.
0: There's there's um, a song that weirdly I, I- – heard it before i knew this but apparently it's one of h's favorite songs by the band the blue nile called family life and it's probably the saddest song ever written and Uh there's a line in it that's just one line separate chairs in separate rooms Uh and or even saying that aloud gets me because i think there's there's a particular sort of sadness and i'm talking about you know from my own point of view somewhere i've been of being in a relationship that you've try to give it your all that Mm. you've got kids you've invested you've got a mortgage you've got you've tried and yet you're lonely yeah and there's a real loneliness to this song when you actually dig into what the lyrics are saying yeah
1: now that you've mentioned it it's like because i thought he was like rekindling this and he's in and she's taken him away to the fantastic place and they're there together looking out in the same direction out at the world, no, across the cliffs. I don't
0: think it is. And it's
1: like, that's just what he's yearning for. It's That like he's at that point now where he's forgiven himself. He's ready to accept love. He's ready to live again, but he hasn't it's got... It's a slightly
0: des- but he hasn't desperate got. song. There's a desperateness. Yeah. It's like, please. Yeah, it's please, like, I'm ready, I'm, here. I'm
1: ready to be loved again. I'm ready to yeah. accept and to receive it. But he's not quite
0: well, he can't. he it can't from, let unless... He's understood unless he's seen, unless... Yeah. He gets empathy back.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, and that's, I don't, but what I love about the song and what I love about the way H writes is it's not blaming.
1: No, absolutely. It's
0: stating this is, you know, and that's what happens. It's with, like a with yearning. some relationships, you get into them and through no fault of any of the parties necessarily, you, it's not like a perfectly kind of oiled engine mm. and you're just not right chemically. This is why I've sort of often with H, I've sort of felt there were these parallels with my own life, with, with him, of of their, you know, certainly in, from marbles onwards that um, that it felt, you know, I could relate to that feeling of being, you can't escape because of what you've invested into it.
1: Mm. You yeah. know, you
0: can't make yourself happy or at least you're too scared to take that jump out of that, that domestic situation because of the hurt that it will cause to your children, to your family, you know, the, the huge upheaval of what do you do about the house, all that sort of stuff. And that, that often, you know, he talks about real life. Yes. And I've lost the stars so I can keep the ground. Uh, Yeah. And it, it really, it really feels that, that, The sense I get from him is that what he calls real life or what he calls the ground or whatever is also what is preventing him being happy. Mm. That's the sense I get.
1: Yeah, that's definitely the sense that comes across in a lot of songs. Mm. But this song for me is a turning point because he's like, I know what I want now. Mm. I no longer feel guilty or feel like I need to be punished. (laughs) Yeah. Well, for now.
0: No, no, but... Think about where it actually came in the album before the only unforgivable <gasps> thing. Oh
1: god, no. That that okay. Oh think about goodness. where it comes. Yeah. Think god, about where it I comes didn't think right? of that. You've got
0: the invisible man. Okay. Well, because I didn't
1: think of that, because I didn't think that's where it came in the album. The
0: invisible man doing that brilliant thing that we're really in do with opening tracks where it's sort of almost foreshadowing what comes later. Then, boom, genie. Oh, I've been tempted, but no, I ain't doing it. Yeah. Then into Fantastic place. I'm sad, but it could be there. I'm
1: craving this connection. Yeah. I'm ready to be loved. Are you able to love me?
0: Then into the only unforgivable oh, thing. God. Oh shit! Followed by ocean cloud. I just want to run away, <laughs> <laughs> be by myself. Yeah.
1: Oh my goodness. That's, yeah. that's the when narrative. you put it that way, that's the art. It's no longer so much of a fairy tale. Yeah. With like the it's Hollywood fairy, ending. It's not a fairy tale. For me, this was like a Hollywood ending. Like, oh, happy. And then Ocean Cloud is like, oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's all about <laughs> man on. in a boat.
1: Yeah, man in a boat.
0: <laughs> um, shall I just read you some of what H told Web France in 2004 about the song?
1: Yes, please. I thank you to
0: Fraser Marshall for putting all these on your website. Million explanations of song elements he sings he says he sings well, <laughs> well no he says uh well it's a simple song really i mean it runs very deep but it really it is really just a love song it's about escaping from your own life into a better place even if it's just for a moment so i'm reluctant to explain it because i think it would weaken it if I went saying why I wrote it and what it means and where that place is, then in many ways it would I would ruin it because everyone has their own fantastic place and they don't want me to tell them where it is because they know where it is. And it could even just be a place in your mind. It doesn't have to be a real place, even though it can be. I have an idea of where it is for me and I never could dream when I was sleeping. I never have dreams when I sleep. All my dreams happen during the day and some of the nightmares as well from time to time. So we are in h avoiding the question territory there aren't we
1: <laughs> yeah but good i like that he does that now because mm. i feel it allows well,
0: it gives us more to talk it about it makes
1: <laughs> 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 yeah thanks it gives us <laughs> it gives us more content um no i feel it allows the song to be personal to be more personable to each individual listening to yeah, it yeah it's true because they can fill in the blanks with their own feelings and experiences and life
0: yeah yeah Um, even though
1: like on another side of me is like yeah I really want to know what it is actually about (laughs) you know I don't need to fill in the blanks with my imagination so there's two sides to the coin
0: before we move on I just want to flag up you'll either kill me or you'll save me Mm. which feels like it's uh, in murder machines territory put your arms around Mm. me and kill me with love Mm.
1: Hmm, okay. All right, then. So perhaps the start of a recurring theme, future theme.
0: Maybe that love is a...
1: Double-edged sword. Yes, one edge, blunt, other edge. One edge edge. to cut the butter, one edge to cut ya.
0: (laughs) Yes, butter. Why not? Yeah. All right, let's move on, shall we, to ocean cloud. Ocean
1: cloud, I'm going to have a sip of water
0: you soon to march of life interestingly this begins similarly to fantastic place doesn't it with a
1: mm, a slower quieter
0: yeah it's that dinosaur scale again start. I'll say it now I think this is Marillion's best narrative song and the most cinematic thing they've done even to this day I think they've never sounded musically more evocative than in this song how the music can sound like waves, can sound like weather. Mm, it's amazing that's, what yeah, they really do here with with sound. And I'm not even talking about the sound effects that are in the song, although they're I love the Yeah, know, the storm sounds,
1: they're so cool.
0: Just the way the music crashes, Ian's drumming here, the 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 guitar sounding like the ebb and flow of water.
1: Mm. I wonder how hard it was for them following off the back of Fantastic Place and saying how tricky they found that. Do you know how tricky they found Ocean Cloud?
0: Let me read you something from The Man, Megan. Please do. It was quite a release, actually. You could let all those tensions out, and the band could too when we were making it. It was always nice to come back to. He said, Technically, there were lots of hard bits with making it because of the length and whatever, but emotionally, it just sailed itself, really. Oh, and then then Dave Megan goes on about how the album wasn't meant to be as long as it was <laughs> it wasn't meant to be a double and he didn't have um, he didn't have extra time to make it or extra money they had the same amount of time and money to make it as they would a single wow um and that's and why and yet they were
1: able to make something so such such a masterpiece to Dave
0: Megan but yeah. they did still run out of time because they'd set the release date so they had to bring in Mike Hunter and Stephen Wilson to help
1: Oh, my goodness. In
0: places. Like Mike Hunter did all the marble sections. the, the oh, and right. Quite a bit. He did a lot of the mixing of, of side two as well. Oh. Um, that was really the first bona fide time that they'd worked with him. Although, obviously, you know, they had in the past with him as an engineer. But that was when, you know, he, he f- firmly became part of the the organisation, I think.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, what, what can you say? It's, it's 18 minutes of, of prog. Mm. <laughs> um, i remember at the time it got a bit of a bit of grief from people i remember talking to a few people and they didn't love it and i did i never got it because i just thought this is brilliant isn't this what, what we what want did
1: they not love about I it? i don't know
0: i didn't get it i just kind of uh and and i never got it because i thought this is surely on a par with like this strange engine and you know it's better than interior lulu it's it's great isn't it Mm. And it really confused me at the time because I, I
1: But did they not specify what it was?
0: I don't know. I think they felt it was a bit, bit backward, I think. As in kind of a bit too sort of traditionally proc, whereas perhaps Invisible Man did something a bit more modern. But I don't And they're talking
1: musically.
0: I think so, yeah. Yeah,
1: interesting.
0: Yeah, it was a few people who didn't seem to love it, but it's it's I think it's one of their most atmospheric blocks of music that they've ever done. And yeah. I think it's – I hate to say it, but I, in terms of their long songs, I kind of prefer it to probably most of the long songs that have come since, perhaps with the exception of The Leavers. Really? I love it. I love Ocean Cloud. You seem really confused.
1: Yeah, no, 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 I'm not confused. I'm trying to think. What would you say? What are some of the long songs well, let's, present? Okay, let's, Gaza.
0: Gaza. I prefer it to Gaza.
1: Montreal.
0: Uh, Yeah, I prefer it to Montreal.
1: I I can't say I prefer it to those Okay, you've got
0: uh, El Dorado, New Kings. Hmm. You've got, uh, obviously, the new album has Care. And I do prefer it to Care. I love Care.
1: You prefer Ocean Cloud to Care? Yeah. Wow. I think I prefer Care because I think Care's more personal. It just affects me more emotionally. I agree, lyrics. Ocean Cloud... This is the issue. This is, I, and this is why I won't say I prefer it to Gaza and other songs because, well, Gaza, maybe. El Dorado, I don't really feel a particular connection with, but um, jumping ahead. Um, okay. Spoilers. But Ocean Cloud doesn't really affect me emotionally that much. I don't really, I find not it that a much.
0: really powerful song emotionally.
1: No, not that much. I love the sound of it. I do. I enjoy the music. But then, you know, something like Gaza, I I feel I can connect with on an emotional level a bit better Mm. and care a hundred times. Oh, obviously care. Obviously
0: care, I get, yeah, I know. But for me, as a piece of music and a piece of almost theatre,
1: Ocean Cloud... I appreciate it. Yeah,
0: Ocean Cloud to me hangs together better. It's less of that, oh, here are some episodic pieces. In terms mm. of their long songs, for me, oh, it might hang right. together better than so you mean, any other long song they've done.
1: You mean there's separate sections, what yeah. you, you usually call it cut and paste. Yeah. You feel like they've been um, sewn together, connected more seamlessly. It
0: feels like one piece of music as opposed to kind yeah, of Yeah, okay, I'll give you that. A yes, suite does, of yes. different snippets.
1: Yeah, I'll give you that. It does feel more coherent as one piece of music but um
0: you don't seem to love it sorry I'm just noticing you seem yeah, hesitant.
1: I, I don't dislike it I do love I do like it
0: love <laughs> like no it. no
1: because I'm trying to be fair now do I love it I like it I don't it's not one of my favorite favorites but really? I don't dis. I wouldn't say oh I dislike it I do like it
0: I don't know. I think I just it's beautiful. Think
1: it, I, I think it's yeah. absolutely beautiful to listen to. But it's also,
0: I just find it so dramatic, but also so but evocative. But it, I but think this is the
1: thing. I think for me, it's like, yeah, it's beautiful. I love listening to it. But then when I put it next to Invisible Man, Invisible Man makes me feel feel things. Oh,
0: Invisible Man, as I've said, is probably ocean my favourite Marillian Ocean Cloud
1: Meridian doesn't. Song. Care makes me feel things. Ocean Cloud doesn't. Ocean Cloud, I love on an aesthetic level. It sounds pretty. It's like a nice picture of an ocean scene a- Of an awful something.
0: storm of a man kind of <laughs> alone against the elements and literally dying kind of at the end. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, then, and telling a true story to boot.
1: Okay, I know. Sorry. I, Look, yes, I here's, do. Here's the thing, I, do right? I do appreciate it. I do like it. I'm not. I'm not dissing it on any level. I'm not going to try and convince you to like it. It's a but great song, but I'm just saying it doesn't make me feel things the way Invisible Man did.
0: Maybe I can relate to it a bit better.
1: Maybe because
0: yeah. there's there's a few things in terms of for start. What's my recurring dream? Being stranded in the ocean yeah, alone. Yeah, well,
1: my recurring dream is tidal waves, so it should.
0: Okay. Yeah. Connect. Yeah. That that's my recurring nightmare is being alone on a tiny boat or a piece of wood or a rubber ring in the middle of the sea. Uh there's that. I suppose so, I'm always
1: on land when the tidal wave hits, so you know, yeah Yeah.
0: Yeah. I normally need to then, write then, then the, about the waves to happen waves. and I get submerged. That right. that happens in my dream. I haven't had it for quite a long time, but yes. And then the other thing is what do I love for more than anything? Is being somewhere hundreds of miles from other human beings. <laughs> it's like my. It's like where do I love more than anywhere in the world is the desert.
1: Mm.
0: You know, it's it's the desert, L- literal
1: opposite of an ocean. Yeah, okay. I
0: know, but I get that that yearning for solitude yes. and that yearning from, uh, you know, I God, the line ripping out the radio. I want to be alone. Mm. There's there that for me is yep yeah, yep. Yeah, I'm with you okay. You know, wanting to kind of disconnect from the rest of the modern world because of mm. the, the stresses of it, because of the hurt of it, because of, of everything you've been through and just got, I have had enough. I am running away even at the expense of your own health and life. And, you know, but you've had that moment where it's just you and, and the elements and you and nature. And mm. n- you're not having to deal with people. I've yeah. been there. I get that. And
1: okay, yeah, you've got more of a personal connection to it then. But
0: you know, it is also inspired by the story of Don Allen, who was a real guy. Should I just read a bit about him? Yeah, do yeah. So Don Allen, born 1937, he was the first person to row across the Atlantic in both directions, row because this song that's was insane. initially called Pacific Row, if i remember that is um,
1: absolutely crazy yeah in both directions
0: so in september 1987 alan completed his eastward crossing of the atlantic from johns uh, newfoundland to achill island county Mayor island and the journey took 77 days
1: that's crazy uh, he
0: was he was uh he was 49 years old the last two weeks of his voyage, he was completely out of water. And when he when he landed, his eyesight and hearing were failing and he had lost half his body weight. It was a result of these deprivations that a few years later, his kidneys failed several times and eventually led to the fatal heart attack that killed him. You know, it's the the quote from him in the song where he was drinking seawater and fish blood. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, he had no fresh water. When he was 50, uh, he did it the other way. And during the voyage, 50, same age as me, Jesus. Uh, During the voyage, he suffered many capsizes and sustained a severe gash to his head when the compass hit him as the boat went over. When just 80 miles west of Ireland, a storm caught up with him and almost overwhelmed the boat. However, unknown to him, the the people of the island were expecting him. And as the boat was swept down the coast, the villagers used their car headlights to light the beach. As the QE3, which was his his rowboat, was almost shipwrecked. The villagers waded into the sea and carried Don and the QE3 to safety. He stayed there for some time and the local people beat, built a monument in the town to commemorate his voyage. And uh, this is from a website. This is someone called Jeff wrote this. Sorry, apologies. I should have should credit where this is from. Uh, where he said he believed that that was the happiest time in his life. So He's still the only man to have rode both ways solo at the time of publishing that in 1999. And also the only man to have completed three ocean crossings in a rowboat at the time of publishing 1999 in the last years of his life, Don suffered from poor health and two bouts of kidney failure and chest pains convinced him that he didn't have very long to live. Um, In spite of my pleading with him, this is his friend, Jeff. He refused to get treatment. He said, I've done everything I want to do. And he died on the 2nd of November, 1992 from a heart attack at his flat in Heston, Middlesex. Um, That was the story that, 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 inspired the writing of the song but it connects back to me to afraid of sunlight the album with h's fascination with these people who push themselves to extremes yeah. and those demons that might drive that
1: and that sense of escapism, escapism wanting to escape that can drive that pushing as well yeah yeah what are you running from? That's that's
0: what it is, isn't it? It's it's what drives you to put yourself through that to go to
1: th- that extreme
0: and to shut yourself away from people and the world. Mm. Um, apparently, according to Rother's, they they actually talked at one point about a whole album based on the idea.
1: Oh uh, wow, fascinating! Yeah. I mean,
0: it is you know it's effectively one half of an album, isn't it? Anyway, really, a regular length album. Mm. For me, though, it, it's. It's so H and it, you know, in terms of it, it's about death and water. It's Mm -hmm. it's almost like laughably, but it's also about running away and escaping and solitude and isolation, all themes that he has come back to. And for me as a song, it's got, you know, this album as a whole has.
1: And loneliness and self-destructiveness.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's got everything. <laughs> the
1: recurring themes times a billion. Yeah.
0: Everything that Ace comes back to mm-hmm. is in this song. And mm-hmm. musically, it's Meridian at their absolute best for me. And lyrically, he is top of his game. I mean, even there's that, there's the, oh God, the bit where the music drops down, the wind changed. I felt it run beneath my ear, like silk drawn across my neck.
1: Oh, I love that oh! line. Love that line. God. That's How good is that? absolutely phenomenal. Pure
0: poetry. Yeah. Pure absolutely. poetry.
1: Well, that's probably my favourite line in the song.
0: Yeah. Um, but then, I mean, there's just, my God, the, the smell of the earth. It's his favourite smell. Again, we're talking mm. earth grounding, real life.
1: Yes, but
0: he's somehow but compelled. Then, listen to, the, to this. No, no, he's somehow oh, compelled to the stinging salt hell, to the place where he's hurt and he's scared, and there's no one to tell, and no one, no, and no one who doesn't who listen. Who doesn't
1: listen? It's like, and Whoa. then where does he go? He goes to the ocean. Mm. And what does water symbolize? Water symbolizes the emotions. Yes, um, and the depths. He goes into the depths. So it's such a metaphor for diving deep into your emotions, into your shadow side, into your inner pain, going into those places that hurt you in a bid to heal that loneliness that you're feeling and how overwhelming that can be. Sometimes like the waves overwhelming him, but he's yearning for healing in that deep place. It's it's almost like... um. It's symbolising, like, a dark night of the soul.
0: Yeah, because, what, I agree, I was Which about to say so that. Which goes so
1: perfectly now after Fantastic Place and um, The Only Unforgivable Thing. Yes. Whichever way around, you listen to them.
0: But what, what I was about to say as well is that then you get that moment, those moments in the middle where he sort of feels like he's sort of reflecting on how he got there, where you've mm. got, like, you know, he remembers the day he was marched to the front by the physical knucklehead teacher of games. Look, lads," he declared. "This boy's a cream puff. It's like what's led him there? Like going right back, mm-hmm. you know that, you know, going back to the root. Again, could relate to that because Jesus, literally, that happened to me. You know, I was I was terrible at PE and games at school. You know, and and you know, always Mister B, Mister Pick last. You know, I was I was a zero coordination. I had I couldn't see because I wore glasses, uh, and then. You'd get times where the teachers would join in with the kids that were taking the piss. The times that happened to me, and it was that hurt more because you think, you're meant to be here to have my side. back. Yeah, yeah. so I've been there. I think it was two times in particular where the teachers joined in. And it's like, what the hell? you yeah, know? so even, anyway. So as a song, this, my God, there's so much that I I latch onto mm. emotionally yeah, with it. Yeah, I can it. see that. And... As well, the because because it's so cinematic. I think it appeals to my love of storytelling, and so I love the way the music tells the story as mm. well as the yeah as well as the the words, and it just it ticks so many of my boxes.
1: I think my issue with I think my issue was not with it. My I think my issue was coming after. Invisible Man, Fantastic Place, The Only Unforgivable Thing. I was so caught up in those songs. And it's like when we did Clutching at Straws after Misplaced Childhood or Afraid of Sunlight after Brave. I need a gap mm. to get over those songs first. And I think I was still stuck in them and I wasn't right. ready to move on yet. Uh, so I probably need to listen to it separately.
0: It's a risk, isn't it, with a double album it, of being overwhelmed by just is. too much It is, yeah. Stuff.
1: I, I think I need to – because I did like it. I do like it. Mm. Um, but I think in order to appreciate it fully, I need to. I need to listen to it separately away from the other songs, mm. away from, like, their influence, because they were so potent. Yeah. Still, I mean, oh, lines, like, between two planets, oh. in between the points of light. Between two distant shorelines, here I am. Between two planets in the black daylight of space. Oh. Between two heavenly bodies, the invisible man ripping out the radio. I want to be alone. Oh. Uh, it's absolutely, it's. A poetic oh, is that, masterpiece. Is, sorry, come
0: on. Even it even is a with you, masterpiece. even surely the ripping out the radio. I just oh. want to be alone. And then when the music crashes yes. back in, surely you've got to admit that's one of the greatest Merillion moments. <laughs> yeah. Just you know, if we're just picking out best bits, yeah. bits, not best song, best bits. That is one of them. <laughs> when the guitar crashes back yeah. in, and it come on. I mean,
1: musically, I'm it's getting absolute, goosebumps talking. It's about absolutely it. stunning. Um, well, I, I will make an effort once we have finished the albums and we have a break. I need to have time oh, okay. with it alone, away from the other. I'm songs. gonna keep
0: going. No, that's fine. You can keep saying that. I'm okay. going to talk about more favorite bits. From Go it. On right, then. watch me, watch me paint this picture, stretching, hurting, cursing. You can hear him rowing. It's it's just yeah, in the, in the rhythm of the the vocals and the music. You know, taking it, taking it, taking it. He's. He, it's the rowing is happening in it without kind of putting in the sounds of oars or yeah. a creaking boat. How have they done that in this song? It's crazy. It's bonkers. It's absolutely bonkers. And one last thing I do want to say, I could just, you know, because I think it's a masterpiece of a song um, is, is the whole, um the medium wave brought signals here from far away. Your tender voice riding on the sea spray, something in the air for those who know the signs. I, i just i don't know this is me reaching because i talked about something with you after we recorded the last episode about how the the lines about the boys who exist only as voices from the only unforgivable thing and how it made me think of the answering machine and a voice (laughs) yeah yes and it's just that about that maybe disembodied voices seem to be another little theme for him which
1: would fit with the invisible man again so it's a being disembodied, mm. feeling like you're disembodied, like you're ungrounded, you're not really there, you're not really understood. Mm. Are you ungrounded? Are you a disembodied voice? Sorry, and I'm linking this to Answering Machine at the moment as well. Do you feel like a disembodied voice, like an invisible man, because you're not understood? And right. you need that understanding in order to ground you. Mm and make you real and present and want to be present.
0: Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, if, if others don't perceive you, do if you, you cannot, exist? do you exist? Yeah. You can feel disconnected from who you are if you are not perceived and not mm. seen. All mm. oh, that's profound, isn't it? Mm. Do you want me to just give you some quotes from H himself before we move on? So he sort of talks about this is this is an interview with with our friend Fraser himself and Fraser's wife uh, that they did for the Web UK magazine uh, where he talks he says uh, it also came from Apocalypse Now. He obviously talks about Tony Tony Bullimore as another um, Atlantic rower sailor man and Don Allen, but um, he says it also came from Apocalypse Now. You know the bit right at the beginning when Martin Sheen is in Saigon and he's in the hotel room and he's a bit wasted and a bit drunk. And he says, every day that goes by, I get a little bit weaker. And every day that goes by, Charlie's out in the jungle getting a little bit stronger. And that's a fear you have. I think it means that he has. It's probably a particularly male fear. I don't know. Maybe I'm being sexist. But it's a fear that ambitious men have that if they stop running and start coasting, then someone else is going to run past them. And it's a physical fear and it's to do with aging and the loss of strength and the fact that sharper young men are going to come up behind you. So that's what that's about. The loneliness calls him and the edge, which must be sharpened. It's inspired by that. I mean, that's interesting because I don't necessarily relate to that as a man, but then I've never Mm -hmm. been particularly ambitious. (laughs) Um, uh, I, I, I get the whole sense of, I get that the whole aging thing and I get the the sense of, Oh, you know, I'm not as um, in demand as perhaps I used to be. And that there are younger people coming up. I don't necessarily, it's not like, Oh, it's younger men for me. It's just
1: people.
0: Yeah. Younger writers, younger, cheaper, hungrier hmm. writers. I, I, I nearly said better, but actually I know I'm all right at this stage. I've been, a, I've been doing this long enough that I know I, I can do my job. So I don't totally relate to that. Mm. I think, and I think with a lot of these explanations that H gives us, I wonder how honest he's being a lot of the time, you know, and whether he's just talking about.
1: Giving safe reasons. Yeah. Safe explanations. I often think that. Possibly, possibly. Because but, let's not you know, forget, you I know. I wouldn't. Blame him for yeah, it. Yeah,
0: there are people in his life that who might, you know, he might want to write about things. Particularly if, uh, you know, he wasn't perhaps feeling understood elsewhere. You know that writing can be therapy.
1: And you get, you get the truth in the song.
0: Yes, absolutely. You know,
1: truth, there is need, truth in art. Yeah, it. If he doesn't want to spell it out with words in, you know, in interviews, then. Don't worry, the The truth is in the song. Yeah.
0: And it and we're here to decipher that truth.
1: <laughs> and get it wrong. In
0: endless detail. <laughs> so there you go, that's it for this week. We've covered the whole of side one, albeit in an unconventional order. Yes. 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 What are you doing?
1: Oh, I was catching a speck of dust.
0: Okay. Wow. It's almost like we've got ADHD, isn't it? <laughs>
1: I didn't even know I was doing it. it. It's almost
0: like we've got ADHD and didn't didn't check, didn't check when my passport expired, isn't it, Sanya? It's almost like we're literally two people with ADHD.
1: (laughs) Now they're not going to need to check our join our Patreon.
0: (laughs) It's fine. Find out the juicy
1: gossip. They can
0: get it in in full technical glory on my Patreon, our Patreon. But it does say Mister Biffo, doesn't it? Yeah.
1: And you, you're the one that. Writes all the stuff and does does the posts. Yeah.
0: Anyway, we're not too disheartened now, funny enough, because partly because I think we're going to go, hopefully, go to Leicester, uh, but also, I'm, you know, I've been pining after our grandson, and we're off to see him. Yes, this we didn't weekend. get to see
1: him last weekend because someone got COVID. Someone got COVID. Um, so it's nice that we get to see him this weekend, yeah. and for two days, not one.
0: Yeah, so I'm very excited about that. Next week. I guess we were going to skip a week, but I guess we don't need to now, do we? Because we, yeah, were because going we to be won't important. have anything
1: to talk about.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, well, we, can, um, we were going to skip a week of marbles, but we could just crack on.
1: Yeah, we could.
0: Yeah, we could crack on with side two. So we'll do that next week. How about that?
1: Yeah, let's do that.
0: It might be a bit late because we are off to see the grandson this weekend, but, but uh, it might be a bit yeah, late Yeah, well, because like we're not week's. back
1: until Monday.
0: Yeah, but uh, but there will be one next week, I think. At some point during the week. Yeah, maybe we'll skip the UK Merillion weekend one. Hey, you know what, everyone, uh, or what's happening at the, the UK weekend? There's all these these tribute bands. I think there's three different UK or tribute bands performing at the UK Merillion weekend.
1: Merillion tribute bands. Yeah, yeah. There's three. I only know of two.
0: Yeah, there's three. Who's, who's the other who are, are they called She Chameleon or something? Our mates were telling oh. us. They're doing a, I think they're doing a free show, these are all happening during wow. the afternoon. Just saying, it's like a
1: proper Marillion festival.
0: Well, I was gonna say, you know, maybe we should hire somewhere and do a lot a of Live. <laughs> I'm serious, I thought about it last night. Oh, maybe. I mean, li- uh, genuinely, listeners, if that's something you would like, what could we the- talk about? What do we ever talk about?
1: <laughs> what would we talk about on a Marillion podcast? <laughs> yeah,
0: what, what do you mean, what would we talk about? Wow. Anyway, we could we could do Neverland Never the Buzzcocks live. <laughs> oh, we could. That would be awesome. <laughs> Genuinely, if, if anyone's listening that would, would like us to do that, we could try and arrange it. I mean, you know, we could sell tickets for a nominal fee, like five or ten or something. Just to cover, just the, to cover the costs. Yeah, we could probably... Try finding somewhere. Maybe. Yeah. Anyway, genuinely, if anyone would like that, let us know either on Facebook, Twitter, or email us.
1: at gmail.com.
0: Beampod at gmail.com. Yeah. Email us. We, we will try and put it together. If they, We'll try not to clash with any of the many, many, many yeah, that's, cover bands. Yeah.
1: That would be dependent on that.
0: Yeah. So we'd have to check the times. It could be fun, couldn't it? It'd be nice to meet some of you. Just for an hour. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Just for an hour. Knowing us, it would go on for like four hours. But (laughs) (laughs) anyway, right. That's us for this week. We'll talk to you again next week with the start of side two of Marbles. If you're going to Poland, be safe, be good. uh, Have the best time.
1: Have an extra good time for us. Yeah.
0: Have a drink from us. From us? From us. For us. Have a drink for us. Yes. Yes. All right. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. bye.